Coming up on Back in My Play, I got Crispin Boyer and Mark McDonald, two of the authors of the EGM World Exclusive Xbox Revealed issue from February 2001. We talk about that incredible event and some of the stories and their memories of the original Xbox before launch and its legacy. It's all coming up right now on Back in My Play. Hello, welcome back to Back in My Play. My name is Kevin Larrabee, and we're continuing the summer of Xbox, and we're going back farther than I think we ever have for this series. We talked with Ed Freeze a couple weeks ago, so that was pretty far back, but I'm talking to two of the gentlemen that wrote the Xbox reveal piece for EGM for the February 2001 issue, way, way back. First, coming all the way from Tokyo, Japan, back on the show. Still, I don't know if you got anything else you got to say about Zelda 2. We're going to stick with Xbox, but I got Mark McDonald back on. Mark, how are you? Uh, good, man. No, I, th- I think I left all, all my Zelda 2 talk, left it all on the field, so to speak. Good, good. Um, that was a good That was a good uh, episode. I like what you did with the music after, after the fact. I don't normally listen to podcasts once I'm on them, but uh, I did listen to that one. You did some nice, nice editing work, so I I fully expect some excellent use of uh, cameo uh, music and all kinds of classic, amazing uh, first-gen early Xbox game. Azuric, maybe, Elements of Power. (laughs) Some Jaeger. Uh, I got got the Jaeger soundtrack uh, on vinyl, so I'm going to use that. Okay. Right on. Well, let's see, we'll see what we can do. I mean, there was definitely some uh, you know great discussion on that episode. We're going to try to top it, though, because joining us for this episode, again, uh, co-author of that piece, Crispin Boyer. Crispin, how are you? Great. Yeah, thanks for having me on. That was uh, going to be a real trip down memory lane. <laughs> it, it, it's unbelievable it, it, it's that long ago. Yeah, it is. And, and this is weird because this is uh, you know a, a retro game podcast and to be talking about a console that is able to output high definition visuals on a retro show is it's kind of weird but it is <laughs> a, about that time so we this is what we're going to do for this Kevin, before we get started let yeah. me actually ask you what why it's not it's not like 15 years or 20 years and why like summer of Xbox why why this year or are you uh, hitting this like kind of, in a way, forgotten? Uh, not forgotten console, sure. but kind of not super loved uh, um, as much. I feel like that. That's a good question. I think I, you know, if if I wanted to be a smartass, I would say, oh, because I knew someone at Microsoft and I knew they were going to be reviewing the OG backwards compatibility at E3, and it just had perfect timing and all uh-huh. that stuff. But that wasn't the case. It was just. Sometimes with this show, the format and the I guess the the episode scheduling is basically like, yeah, I want to play this right now. I want to talk about this right now. It was Burnout uh, Three uh, Takedown. I wanted to play that, and I'm like, shit, might as well do a whole series on the original Xbox because last summer we did the summer of Dreamcast. That was a huge blast because Dreamcast is awesome. And dream cream blast. <laughs> yep, that was the title That's of the it. series. <laughs> and, you know, we got we got the uh, bullet. You know, explicit label on iTunes for the first time, which was great. But the uh, you so know, what it, you're saying is you've done every other console, and this was the Xbox is the only <laughs> one that was left, basically. It, that, it, that's, what, that's where we're at. 
Well, I mean, it's 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 a great console to talk about, and I think as we get into the discussion today, like in previous episodes, you will find that, you know what, it might not be the Super Nintendo, it might not be like the original PlayStation, but I think when we go and we look back at this console, it actually was really awesome and potentially underappreciated and uh, incredibly impactful to where games would go over the next two generations. Mm. How's well, that? Yeah. Why you gotta yeah. spoil the summer of Xbox, Mark? Just enjoy it. <laughs> Just go to the beach with your Xbox. That's what everyone's doing. You got you gotta get that LCD screen built into your Rav Four <laughs> right. and get the thing that goes in the cigarette light adapter and just get a you know Xbox Four Dukes and play some split screen on your 11 inch LCD monitor. <laughs> all right, well, well, I got, a, got a raging hard boner now to talk about the Xbox. You guys have, have totally convinced me. So uh, let's uh, let's 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 get it underway. Well, don't, that's don't tease anymore. Well, let's do this. So let's let's take a quick break. We'll do. Uh, Take what, care of your Mark, boner. <laughs> we're going to take care of your boner real quick. Take a cold shower. <laughs> take a cold shower. And then uh, we're going to make sure that we fit in only the best soundtracks and music from the original Xbox. Like. Rolling uh, Zurich. Oh, Jesus Zurich. Christ. I guess we'll Druid do that. King. Rounds for <laughs> Malice. I can't even find that music. All right. We'll be right back. the way back to man i guess it would have even been late 2000 where you guys or maybe correct me if i'm wrong it would have been late 2000 maybe january like 2001 depending on the lead time of the magazine where you went out to see the folks at microsoft they had something that they wanted to show you it was the the you know the hardware for the the xbox to tell you the story to get you excited for what microsoft was putting together because I mean, Mark, before this, I'm sure you you had, you know, you heard rumors about this. You knew that it was going to be coming, like Microsoft was putting a console together. But it's like Microsoft, like they make computers. They're not in the console game. They're not Sega. They're not Nintendo. They're not Sony. Are they going to even be able to put something together? Do you remember what your, like, what your thought process was before going out to this meeting? Uh, a, a little bit. Um, so I... I, I glanced over the um the article the cover story that we had we had the exclusive as part of uh as part of egm for the 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 full monty the full reveal the first time you're going to see the actual production hardware first time people were like uh talking full details on the record about about everything and um thanks to uh to friend of the show greg seward and his um Amazing uh, <laughs> high definition, uh, perfect photography. Now, I looked at the tagging on the photo. I think it was like a Motorola Razor that he shot that up because it, it would have made sense. Might as well use a phone from 2001 to take the pictures. Yeah, well, I, and I got, it looked to me like he wasn't in his house. Maybe he broke into someone's house and had to do this pretty quickly. It was like spy footage. So, in and out. Bravo. Yeah. 
He was like in a field on a bright sunny day or something, taking pictures. Like he he got the glare perfectly aligned, to like uh, you couldn't see a third of every page. Anyway, uh, so thanks, I, Greg. <laughs> I think you shout know. out to Greg. Um, so I I refreshed myself a bit, but I I did remember, um, and you could see it in the article. It's not it's not hidden. It is like right from the start. Um, but there was you know there was definitely real skepticism there mm-hmm. um it was i mean if the funny thing is just to back up even a little bit um this is at least my memory of it crispin um like egm had not been reporting that much on the xbox there had been tons of rumors they'd yeah. shown that big like ugly ass chrome thing that somehow mm-hmm. they started thinking looked cool um they 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 had and in next gen Next Generation Magazine had been like reporting it like tirelessly. Like they were on it. Every rumor they were, you know, at GDC, like, you know, drinking with developers, trying to get every little detail and whatever. And we were like, "Ah, I'm not really even that. It seems funny now to think that there would be this new big major player entering the hardware business and uh, one of the major outlets wouldn't be all over it. But we were just kind of like a kind of wait and see approach. And then this completely, this cover story landed right in our laps. Like it was not a matter of us normally to get an exclusive like this, you know, it would be months and months of the editor in chief or a a bunch of us really like uh, making our case. And um, sometimes even like whining and dining PR people. Sometimes it worked the other way around too, where one side one side needs the other side more than the other, usually in almost any cover story. And something like this would normally be, I mean, it was a huge, huge de- deal. It was a huge coup. Um, and it just like completely fell in our laps at this weird time when we didn't really have an editor in chief. Um, like, do you remember it that way, Crispin, where it was like, no, whoa, I, wait, they want us to come and just do it and they're going to give it to us all? Like, it was. Yeah, in a way, it's kind of like on that show, The Bachelor, where, or The Bachelorette, where the more disinterested you are in, like, The Bachelor <laughs> or Bachelorette, the more we they playing, want you. Yeah. We were playing hard to get. Yeah, exactly. They were like, what? what you, don't, you guys don't care about what, you know, hello? We're the first, <laughs> first American game console since, like, the Atari days. Uh, as but, a- eh. He's blue. <laughs> Colors. Um, you had me. You had me at whatever the hell that is. <laughs> Druid King. You're not gonna play it anywhere else. Um, <laughs> or, or or ever. But yeah. <laughs> but but so to go back to your your question, Kevin. Like th- we were there was like I mean I don't want to like overstate it like apathy, but but to a degree <laughs> that is. It is really funny to think about now because Xbox has become what it's become. There was very real skepticism that this thing was going to be like flight simulator mm. and, uh, you know, ports six months after they came out on PlayStation 2 and, you know, everything was going to require a patch. It was going to be like a shitty PC <laughs> at a time when PC gaming was really not having its best uh, its best years. And mm-hmm. so, like, I remember being very excited and very interested to go and see it, but not to the level that you would probably think. Like, definitely not to the level now where it's like, oh, if, if Microsoft was 
gonna talk to somebody about the next their next piece of hardware um, that you would that you would think. And and like I said in that article, you can see a lot of times you know we make we make mention we completely. And, and they didn't want us to. Microsoft didn't want us to, but we, because uh, our skepticism was shared by the general audience. Um, mm-hmm. And then just the, the final thing that I'll say is that one of the big uh, things I think powering that skepticism was this was a American company. Like, what the fuck do Western people know about video games? Right. Like, what what good Western video games are there really at that time? I mean, and I'm. I'm saying this almost like parodying myself because now it seems so stupid and so ridiculous. But at the time, it was like I you have the you know EA, you have some sports games there. You have Tony Hawk. Um, you have a few examples, Naughty Dog, etc. But it was like how is a system from an American you know company going to really succeed? Like mm. that was a huge kind of question looming in the background i think over the over the whole trip in this in this particular cover story this reveal they made it clear from the beginning that this is all about the hardware we're not going to really get into games and uh you, you'll see uh, looking back at the at the article it's laughable the games that are in there yeah because it's yeah. all these like strange european titles and, and uh, weird like games that never even actually like one of the one of the ones in there that's supposed to be a launch game is Malice, and it had like Gwen Stefani doing the voice, and it's oh, some God. weird, weird like adventure game, and and that ended up not coming out till like 2004, 2005. So that was like the closest we had to any kind of game associated with the Xbox that was in you this know, cover story. I forgot they didn't, cause yeah, there's no images even of Halo or whatever. I was wondering, I guess we're skipping ahead, but they we didn't get any of those. Did we not get anything from Microsoft? Actually, did we only get that stuff all from third parties? Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because they okay. were like, they were like, they didn't even turn the thing on for us, as far as I remember. Do you remember ever seeing that thing? All their many prototypes, their giant Chrome X that no. they had, and like, you know, they they, uh, they never even turned it on. So this was all to go and look at at uh, components, the the like the final system and and things like that, which I'm sure we'll get into. But yeah, this right. and that's what it was a little weird for us because you know we. We're doing a cover story on just the hardware and its potential, but not really a game or a games associated with it. That being said, we really we put a lot of resources into it. It's it's you know it's like a twelve page cover story, and we sent you, you and I went and uh, uh, we we got a you know we spent a couple nights at the DoubleTree. Like this is pretty. This is not <laughs> like not a, a cheap. Fair no expense. Yeah. <laughs> Only the finest. Exactly. Yeah. Onions brought to our tables. <laughs> <laughs> We rented a, a an Elantra, I think. Like we, <laughs> we were not kidding around. You brought up like some of the games, and just you know, it, it might be jumping ahead a little bit, but I think it's just fun to hang out, have a little bit of a discussion. Like, there's uh, a sidebar on the page with Ed Freeze. It's on uh, page 126. Ed Freeze, like a badass, making an X with his fingers. You're listening. Oh, Turn to page 126 now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then follow along. Um, yeah, but, making his little X, uh, his little X with it. Why didn't that catch on? You know, that's so cool. Why? But <laughs> one thing that one, you know, I'm jumping ahead here, but we kind of caught some shit for this cover story because a lot of the people that were readers that were as skeptical as we were when and we got reader mail about it, they were all like, "Who are these guys doing?" Like, 
they're like everyone in this cover story, all the photos they're like on skateboards, they're yeah. trying, like <laughs> trying to do ollies and stuff. His JLer, like, you know? Yes. <laughs> do you remember? We're we're definitely skipping ahead, but yeah, I have <laughs> I like I took some notes as I was um as I was reading the cover story, and let me find my note on this one. It was um <clears throat> Everybody we met was all trying hard, all had something to prove. <laughs> yes. They had theme quote unquote cool. And then I remember two guys, it was Seamus Blackley and, and Jay Allard, both showed up to the photo thing with a skateboard and they like looked <laughs> at so each cool. other. One of one of them looked to the other and was just like, What you you brought the skateboard too? Like one of them <laughs> skateboards. And they but they are. They're both like Seamus had his giant motorized skateboard we'll get more into that later <laughs> and freeze to his credit had an actual like skateboard and he could yeah he could ollie on it or whatever but um yeah we brought in the photographer that did our tony hawk cover to, to get that picture of the alley <laughs> did it special he had a whole team and i just yeah, like, the, the, the readers were skeptical whenever they saw that because it's like you know yeah. these guys are just you know you, I think Jay Allard has worked on Internet Explorer and stuff, and, and now yeah. he's like doing ollies. Yeah, but I do, I do remember coming back from that trip being like, and I mean they were they were trying, you know, they were like making oh, yeah. small talk with us about games to prove like, hey, you know, I know what Gradius three and four is, and mm. like I know what's <laughs> cool about it, and we have a Robotron machine here, and we are going to mention Tony Hawk twenty times because. <laughs> He's the coolest guy that ever lived and the best game that's ever been made at that time. Um, He's the coolest guy since Jamie Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the Jamie Kennedy experiment. Uh, You've been hexed. Like, I guarantee they had a fucking market research where, like, the Q rating or whatever of Tony Hawk was, like, off the charts. Um, but, like, they also, he really was the hot thing right then and now and then gaming and stuff like that. And so... Um, you know, they were trying, but we did come back and being like, okay, these guys actually know what, uh, these guys are actually, you know, whatever, quote unquote gamers, whatever that means. Like they know their shit, mm. but also at the same time, we also met in that trip, you know, you could see the two sides of Microsoft that now we know, I didn't really know at the time, but now we know we're kind of. I don't know if fighting each other is the right word, but we're definitely like, uh, you know, having some friction. The, mm -hmm. the like, no, 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 it's a game machine. We're going to make this as a pure console thing. And the other side being the Microsoft uh, entrenched corporate culture that's new to hardware, but only can see hardware as like a Trojan horse at best or just a bald faced way to get windows into the living room. It's so funny um, that you say that because like that's something Ed Freeze brought up when I talked to him a couple weeks ago when it came to the Xbox One when he kind of looked at the launch of that and thinking about the meetings that must have been had, the struggle between both sides, yeah. games versus, you know, the, the the TV bullshit. And like obviously one side went over the other. And it's just like these battles are always fought and sometimes, you know, games win, sometimes, you know, that overall platform and branding wins, and unfortunately, like that's kind of how it played out for for those consoles. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and so we would even us in our day, or was it just one long day? I think we were up there, right, Crispin? Like morning, yeah. evening. Yeah. 
And we yeah, would have – yeah, go ahead. Oh, I mean, yeah, it was it was one long day, but you know, they, it's not like they showed us so much stuff that would have filled several days. It was more, you know, we went in, we saw they – they, they showed us the system, then they gave us the controller, and then they kind of went through their – like what we're talking about now, their their theories behind it and, their, you know, how they, they're really trying to press upon us that they're – we're just like you. We're really in the games. And there's actually a quote in the story – uh, that caught my attention that was from Seamus Blackley. And he, you know, he said, on the one hand, you can be really worried that Jay and I are riding our skateboards around the halls here and acting like adolescent idiots. But in reality, the deals were really serious about making the right product for the guys who were going to get into it. And that was, you know, that was kind of their, they, they really wanted to get the, uh, the, like, you know, the, the hardcore gamers who would then, you know, become their entrenched audience. And, and that was their, those two guys, I, I took, to be that that was their philosophy like get the right. get the get the hardcore guys and go from there as opposed to yeah what we're going to trojan a system in there and then uh, a, a system with the hard drive that then's going to you know we'll, we'll get into like making money with microtransactions and crap like that right so were you guys buying what they were selling when it came to the hardware stuff again they had some really good ideas four ports on the console great you know gamecube was going to have that too having really powerful hardware underneath it, including, you know, the, I think it was like a Pentium 3 733 processor in there, having hard drive built in, having networking built in. Was this something that you guys thought, Crispin, that people would actually see and say, that's what I want? Or, you know, at the end of the day, the games would have to prove the hardware? Well, they did a good job, in, from my perspective, of selling the hardware as something that the developers wanted. You know, they made a big deal about they went. They made like a, a committee of informal An advisory board, right? For, uh, you know, de- developers, people around. You know, a, a lot of uh, they were all you know Western developers like uh, Oddworld and and um, you know stuff like that. You know, NeverSoft and just yeah, John Carmack people. was brought up too. You know, again, yeah. you know, getting to bring Doom Three to that console was was pretty cool. Yeah. And, and the way they kind of sold it to us is, you know, these guys told us what they want. And then they did a lot of like side eye and, and, and taking a dump on, on the on Sony system, yeah. talking about how the PlayStation 2 is powerful, but it's got like these bottlenecks and things. And, uh, you know, they're true. Totally without true. Yeah. And they were saying, you know, this is what we're going to do. And then we're going to have like the real st- they're like, I want you to tell me how many polygons were in that dinosaur from Jurassic Park or in the T-Rex. Mm. And I'm like, uh, I don't know, 10 billion. And they're like, no, it was like 12. But the secret was in the shaders. They used shaders to make it sw- gleam and sweaty and, and stuff. And I'm like, okay. So he says, we're, yeah, we're, our system's going to have all these shaders and things like that. But, you know, it was, it was something that helped sell the technical aspect without, you know, getting all bogged down in the, the technical aspect. And yeah, I, I think yeah, it, made, it, it just it, it made sense to me. And I, I figured, okay, so we have potential for a system now that – even if I'm in, like, let's say, worst case scenario, it is like a PC, and, you know, I like PC gaming at the time, but I hated having to upgrade my system, or I had to sit down and build a system. So, okay, here's a system that's, like, it's going to have standard components that developers can, can you know, make their games uh, so they'll all, it'll run well, and it won't, it'll, won't be flaky, and it'll, be, it'll have all of these, like, high-end kind of, uh, you know, graphical tricks and shaders and things like that. So just from that standpoint, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a chance. Well, this is like yeah. something that I, I, I was kind of uh, bringing up when looking at the importance of this console and just in the, the hindsight of history, because 
when we look at, you know, even if we look at the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3, the same kind of thing happened where, you know, the 360 seemed to be geared towards like what the developers wanted and the PlayStation 3 was obviously the cell processor and kind of what Sony wanted. And then the reverse took place with the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. You know, it's just kind of weird how reciprocal some of this stuff is. Yeah, yeah. he really did the same thing that... Microsoft did with the Xbox with PlayStation 4 as far as like building something that developers were asking for and making it as easy as possible. Yeah, admitting it in the reveal saying like, yeah, we kind of screwed up that last time we listened to developers this time and we put in the box what they needed. So, so, you know, they were smart. Like I, when talking with those guys, uh, they were really smart. They knew games. Everything they were saying was uh, was like the right stuff in terms of you know oh it's going to be four times as powerful as PlayStation Four. It's going to have this like you know bump mapping and uh, that that kind of stuff. It's going to be able to do that without even like touching the CPU and etc. But none of that really mattered. I mean, it's like okay, we're going to give you the benefit of the doubt now, but none of it was really going to matter until we saw the games. You know, and in even the games, you could have some really cool games, but if you didn't have the, you know, really big licenses at the time, then there was, there was still a, a really healthy amount of skepticism. And we, you know, one of the things that I was happy that they sent, uh, there were two of us there is that we didn't have to be, we were not at all like, uh, kowtowing to them or, or polite. Like we were very, I think open with our skepticism in terms of like, Okay, but aren't you going to just like? Isn't it going to be too tempting to turn this thing into TiVo mm-hmm. uh, once you know once you have it? Or are you really, really not going to patch games? Like you've oh, come on, you're going to patch games, and then you know at the time, and this is another almost like thing we're laughing about now is like, are you really not going to put a phone? you know, a phone line modem in this thing, or at least have that option. Like who has broadband? Like what the hell is, you know, come on, like for real, like at a mass market thing that you can buy at Walmart. (laughs) Um, so like, but they had, you know, they had good answers for all of it and they were pretty unequivocal about the things that we were worried most about, which is like the ports and patches there's that quote, I forget whose it was, maybe Ed Freeze was like, no ports, no patches, no bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like, oh, okay, you're not even like being political about this, you know, like, well, we don't think that that's going to be a priority going forward. I was like, no, we're not doing that. That's stupid. That's bullshit. Um, and it, so it was it was like refreshing straight talk as well. Um, but 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 getting back to the... The, the point that I wanted to make while we met with these guys, I think another interesting that the knew their shit and whatever, I think another interesting part of the trip was kind of exposure to the Microsoft machine and like how Microsoft that's used to building products, you know, that sell in 200 countries and, and um, have to sell, you know, X million number of units, like how they go about creating stuff like at, Crispin, had you ever? I had never heard of an image board before that day. Um, <laughs> oh, like, the thing that the thing they put up on the wall and, and yeah, like that was here, the yeah, first here, thing when we walked in. Uh huh. I mean, in some ways, it was kind of like going through a theme ride or something where the, every the you know the day was very um, 
very like scheduled and the itinerary was clearly set up to kind of walk us through the whole thing. But, but yeah, the image board. So, so, so yeah, what were some of the items that were up on there? I remember there was like mice and, uh, you know, computer mice. And I bet it was like a fucking iMac was, was had, <laughs> oh uh, yeah. The, the color candy colored ones, um, a Ferrari. Yeah. Oh, dude, there was, it was just like, <laughs> what the fuck do you really just sit in this room and pin pictures to a wall? And like, you know, up it's up in this quadrant is you know, <laughs> warm, and down here in this corner is technological. This and is now, for them to get inspiration. Yeah. This is, okay. Yeah. This is for them to get like, inspiration, but also to say where do we fall? You know, people do this all the time now, and I actually, I actually don't think it's as bullshit now as, as I as I did back then, but uh, it's to kind of peg like, okay, where do we want to fall? In what mm. quadrant do we want to fall in terms of like? How natural do we want to look in terms of, as opposed to how artificial and how smart do we want to look and it's as opposed to how friendly and like, it was like a four quadrant thing, I think, right? I wish you could see, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, well, yeah, they had like a hula hoop that they would then, they kind of hung over what they thought was the (laughs) intersection and it was, you know, it was like the MacBook and a Tamagotchi and, and like a, a Walkman CD player. And, and that was kind of like the sweet spot for them somewhere, somewhere in that zone. They must've got right. rid of this thing before like the Brown zoom made it to market because I want <laughs> to know what their inspiration <laughs> was for that brick. Perfection of the image board, <laughs> quite the opposite. That's the image board taken to its like horrendous logical conclusion. The, the dark path, man. Okay. And that's, I mean, this is, this is all super fascinating. I mean, again, like just having these memories come, uh, you know, back up for, for you guys. And you know, again, like this is one of the things that, you know, for, for someone that was on the outside looking in, I was getting news through things like, like EGM and, and, you know, the God, the, the websites of the time. And you guys had like a list of, of some games in here, like, you know, potential games that could be coming to this console. And it was fascinating to see, I don't know if this was a placeholder for you guys, or if this is like what the actual, names were from the developers and the publishers that are putting them out there. But lots of, you know, instead of what Nintendo would do with something like Super Mario 64, just lots of X's like Metal Gear Solid X and having things like Uh Crash Bandicoot X, Silent (laughs) Hill X, who the hell is going to buy that? But um, also just a really good list. If you want to go back to that page, we're not going to go through it, but look at some of those games and look at how many of them never came out. Tons of games Um, that never made it. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was, that was the, the thing that everybody was doing is like, okay, well, we're going to just assume that they're going to go after the, you know, these big franchises that gamers would want. God, I want to uh, see that THQ XFL game. I want to see what they would have done with that <laughs> license. <laughs> oh man. It's, it's, <laughs> it's wherever the EGM CDs, the, yeah, the someone, CDs are. yeah, it's probably actually, it's probably in Greg's house. Greg, if you have that, uh, you know, bit of XFL, the game. You're just sitting on it. You're holding out. Oh, just that, that Vince McMahon mocap. I, I need to see that. Some college <laughs> money. That's going to put some kids through college. I, if you look at, though, what they ended up doing, they did end up, especially in Japan, you know, with all the Sega games and stuff like that, they really did go through like a, a shopping spree and say like, yeah. okay, Jet, Jet Grind Radio, give me Jet Grind Radio X. Okay, Panzer Dragoon, give me Panzer Dragoon X. Like, yeah. Shenmue, give me Shenmue, you know, Shenmue 2 X. Like, they did end up doing that to a certain uh, degree. Well, did you guys uh, – were you at TGS that year when, when uh, Bill Gates gave the, the keynote? 
Yes, I was at. I would go to every. I forget if that was still when there were two. It was. A year. It would have I been would, the first of the year. Okay, yeah, the 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 spring, spring one. one. I was yeah. at every. I would go to every TGS, so I'm sure I was. When that did they show the smaller controller there then? Uh, well, I I believe what it was. Uh, I don't believe they showed the the smaller controller there until the the second one. I don't have all the the notes in front of me, but I was I was curious if you got any indication of like how much that keynote bombed and how much it uh, irritated Japanese developers when he gave it, because I think it was something along the lines of, you know, basically this is, you know, how you should make games is kind of in like why you should make games on the, on the, the Xbox. This is, you know, you're crazy if you're not making games on this, this console, it's way better than anything that, you know, Sony is doing or Nintendo is doing. Did you get any feel from that? Like in the press from the developers? I got. I be honest. I t- only very vaguely remember, but I do remember something about a, a speech where they came and people were kind of indignant about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you also have to remember this is when the Japanese industry was just like kicking all kinds of ass. Totally. I mean, it was just like the de facto. It's kind of what ended up happening in reverse, like ten years later, where it was like. Japan can do no- nothing right. It can, Japan could do nothing wrong at that time. So, like the idea of like having an American hardware manufacturer, much less telling you, like, yeah, you're gonna have to start using. I forget. Did he say something about middleware or something? Was I? I can't remember what his. I'll have it, to. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to link the the article back in the the show notes from this. But someone did a really good retrospective. I think it was on uh, U.S. Gamer uh, who who put it together. And just looking back at just kind of how they they tripped and they kind of fumbled uh, towards what ended up being a, a rather successful launch for them in in the states at least, not in Japan. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the Japanese just a seg- sidebar on the Japanese industry at the time. I think a lot of the Japanese industry at the time was like, well, you're never going to succeed. Definitely not going to succeed in Japan. But mm-hmm. I mean, we'll, t- we'll take your money right. and we'll take your money <laughs> to make this project that we kind of want to make anyway. Um, but uh, I mean, and, and, they, and they were happy to do it. And the, the original Xbox actually didn't do didn't do horribly as horribly here, I think, as a lot of people thought. Um no, they but had yeah. a really badass, like clear smoke launch model that I'm sure they and, and they had really good like special editions. I'm sure you know Ryan Payton yeah. has a closet full of that stuff at, at his place of all those special editions. But um, yeah, I mean, this is maybe this is uh, let's, actually let's talk about one more thing. Let's talk about uh, E3 2001 because this is also something that was you know it's well known that you know Microsoft brought the console. They brought you know, at this point they brought games, you know, to the event and, you know, infamously Halo ran like garbage. A lot of games were running really, really poorly. Uh, Like after writing this issue about the reveal, and again, it seems like you guys were, you know, pretty optimistic on on what they're going to be able to deliver. Did you have any second thoughts when E3 came and you're kind of looking at these games like we're running at 15 frames per second, like this isn't going to be acceptable, Crispin? Well, I, yeah, I think at the time <clears throat> it was almost kind of expected that, you know, the system was going to have these kinds of hookups. And it's funny, you know, looking at the list that we have in this issue of games, and the, the the biggest launch title and like, you know, a revolutionary game like Halo wasn't even like 
wasn't even a sperm in daddy's balls. It's like mm. not even mentioned at all. And and then, you know, we saw it at E3. They showed it to us, though. Do you remember that? They did show us. Well, I don't remember that, but I, I believe you. <laughs> I must have been so <laughs> underwhelmed. It was not. But here's the thing. It was not. It was all theoretical. I think it was probably the same footage they showed at like a Macworld or something before they. Yeah. OK. Yeah, I do remember first, that. Yeah, it was third person. It was just them like running around on dune buggies. Oh, wow. And it was like. Okay, yeah, that looks cool. <laughs> it was like not, and it was, it was, it was very, it was so obviously early. It didn't look like yeah. a game, really. Um, it was just looked like a tech demo, so it didn't hmm. really register big time. But Halo was not clear how cool that was going to be until we had the actual review units. It, it did look a little rough yeah. at their conference. Yeah, until they until they actually came out with it, uh, it later on in, in the year, actually. It, I, I mean, it was all that was a crazy time because it was all kind of tied up uh, with September 11th. Because I, I remember that they, um, Seamus Blackley, I think, brought it out to us, right? Didn't they come out with, with Halo to show it to us, like at the end of the year? And, and he had a hard time getting out of New York. Yeah, that's in, life. that's in, uh, God, what did I just read? Robbie Bach's book. Um, oh, okay. I forget what it, I forget what it's called, but he has, it's, it's actually more of a business book, but he, he talks about the, the launch of the original Xbox in there. Yeah, it was like, it was a, you know, a really, uh, tumultuous time in, in not, in, I mean, in the world, and then you know they they had a hard, had a hard time getting it out to us. But then when they when we finally saw Halo in 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 a review capacity, that's when we really all we we knew it was a game changer. You back to the um, back to that E three press conference, uh, Kevin. A couple funny things about that. One is that um, is that was kind of the debut of. Uh, of Itagaki as this kind of cool guy. Um, and, uh, the story that we were told there was like the Tecmo executives <laughs> watched the rehearsal and they're like, God, this thing has absolutely like no life at all. It's a lot of really bad dry presentations. Um, like let's, let's fucking throw a leather jacket, leather snakeskin jacket. <laughs> you tell me that wasn't his inspiration. That was some like <laughs> marketing PR branding shit that he carried over for another like decade and a half. <laughs> I mean, he definitely lived it. He ended up owning it. But, um, I think that was the first time go back and, and, and look and you, if you can see, him. Now we you're gonna tell me like Konami, someone at Konami gave Igarashi a whip. Like I don't want to hear this, man. Just like <laughs> let these memories stay pure. I want to so, know that these guys are just insane. So the the other story is that I remember. So I can't remember who would have been. So Peter Moore would have been there showing the Sega stuff, I guess. Um, and I remember going up to Peter Moore at the Nintendo party at that E3 uh, and saying like. Hey, good job up on stage because he was like he was he was joking around. He was loose. I mean, everybody knows now how good Peter Moore is. He's probably the best guy I've seen uh, at doing E3 conferences, period, bar none. And uh, and I'm like, yeah, good job uh, up there on stage. Like uh, and he's like, God, somebody had to do something uh, was just <laughs> his reaction. It was like, man, it was not, uh, you know. It was not smooth. It was in a very small little venue. I'm sure there's video of was that this, somewhere. Was uh, this like the also like this was the one where The Rock was there too? Like The Rock was one of the kind of co-hosts with Bill Gates. 
was it? I don't. I. I just. I just. This is the. This is the one. The E three that had the kind of rocky Halo. Um, uh, reveal was that the one with the Rock and Bill Gates? I thought that one was later. Potentially, I, I, I'm. I'm not sure, but I, if there. I'm if, not. Yeah, if, I, I'm trying to. That stuff's got to be on YouTube. Yeah, it was. It was really rough. It was their first E three press conference it was the year that uh that the xbox was going to come out they showed you know silent cartographer which was still the silent cartographer level of halo it's still really cool but it's just the frame rate was not there and people were like i i don't know if this is if this thing is half-baked or going to be ready or whatever but um but yeah i think to your original question and uh, crispin's point it was it was not like a huge it was not like what the the Goliath is stumbling, you know, it was like, <laughs> no, these guys are learning this stuff as they go along and they're not going to be super polished right out of the gate. They had some really good looking games. They had by far some of the best looking games. What would Itogaki have been showing at the dead or Alive three, I guess. Right. Oh, um, yeah. Which just really looked like, holy shit, like video games can look that good. You know, it really looked uh, at the time uh, as good as, as, as anything kind of could. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't all bad, but it was definitely like, okay, yep. They're having the growing pains. We kind of thought, do you think these guys are going to pull it off? Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess that, that thought happened a lot during and after our, our visit as well, like our day out there. Yeah. And you know, hmm. going back real quick to the hardware, just yeah. um, my, you know, the initial, my initial thoughts of the hardware and everything about it was that it was just large. It was all it was all very like just, like the system itself was huge. We uh, got that. You got to you got to build up to that, though, Crispin. The way that they did with us, it was like, we spent oh, yeah. the day. We spent the day hearing about okay. Here's the image board. Yeah, <laughs> thousand gamers' houses, and here's right. pictures of their like dirty rec rooms, and you know, and again, I'm sitting there like don't you guys just know this? Like, did you really have to like, like anthropologists studying some ancient culture or something like, Oh, you do you drink Mountain Dew? Is that, you know, it just seemed so, this is what I was getting to with the, like, here's the Microsoft side of things. Mm -hmm. uh, they made a big deal about all of that. They showed us all of the 3d printed controllers, which again, I think that was the first time I had ever seen a, a 3d printer. Yeah, that, thing, um, that machine then was probably like a million bucks, that 3D printer. Remember yeah. that? It was huge. They had like one, and it was ridiculously expensive. It was in like its own building. We had to like take a golf cart <laughs> to this building's basement in order to to see it and then, you know, the different prototypes they had made. But they spent the whole day talking about how much they had slaved over this design and how... You and know. how much it was what gamers wanted, like yeah, like you said, they they had a they had a, a wall of photos, exactly what you said, of gamers' filthy rooms. But it seemed like the big takeaway from that was that most gamers put their systems on the floor because yep. their controller cable is too short. Mm. So their solution was to add one foot. I, I think it ended up being like a, a foot longer than the PS2's controller cable. So it was really it. long, though. I, mean, I think it was like nine feet. I think it was like nine feet instead of six, though. Yeah, it you was, have one next to me right now. It is like incredibly long to what you, uh, I mean, what standards do we really have today? But it's like, you yeah. know, plenty long for a 27-inch TV in some kid's bedroom. 
Right. Yeah. And it had a, had a little breakaway thing on it. So if the cat yeah. walked in front that of it, awesome. you tripped it. Yeah. So I think those were the two big takeaways they got from probably getting like scabies and bed bugs from, from <laughs> like, like venturing to all of these gamers' rooms. Um, but yeah, and then also over and over again, they just kept, you know, we would be like, oh, I don't know, it looks pretty big. And they're like, this is what gamers want. This is exactly what they want. We, we talk to them. You're just well, not in touch. Right. So, they see some like boombox and some kids like dresser and be like, they like big stuff. They like big TVs, big right. boomboxes, uh, big computer monitors. Let's give them a, a big console, which I, I mean, I always thought, and I can't remember if I read this in one of the books or the guys doing research for the series, but like, I thought part of it was also like the you know, like the TurboGrafx-16 thing where, you know, folks want big consoles. It shows that they are full of awesome hardware and tons of power. Power, Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't even, I mean, and that thing weighed a ton. I think it was more a matter of, well, just, just to lead into that. So they'd spent the whole day hyping this up to us and it was only at the end. I mean, it was like the last, I want to say like a couple hours that we saw the unit and the controller and so you know it really built up in my head as this thing is going to just be amazing it's going to be you know what i didn't even know i wanted nothing unlike <laughs> anything i've ever seen before and they show us the the unit itself and i specifically remember saying to crispin uh i think we were in the car on the way back to the airport that i thought it looked like a 3do had sex with a vcr <laughs> <laughs> the blockiest ugliest just chunk of black you know, plastic a 10 year old could have just what does a video game console look like it looks like this it's a rectangle with a big, big fucking button on the front that glows you know green when you touch it like it wasn't it wasn't you know hideous but it was just it was like the the, the homer you know that that simpsons episode where homer makes a car yeah 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 exactly. it was it was like the homer of video game consoles it was like what do you? Oh, you want controller cable? Fucking give them nine feet of controller cables and <laughs> two VMU. You had one VMU on the Dreamcast, two VMUs. Maybe you'll want the other one for something someday. And like, but do, how many buttons do they have? Like, throw ten more buttons on there and make them all. You know, throw a hard drive in there and fucking yeah, throw you know to double the RAM and throw it in there. Like, who, well, it's like, like even comparatively to like obviously the GameCube, but even like the PlayStation Two. It was a pretty small console, but also there was like, and we're joking about this on a previous episode, but like literally that there was that little compartment that would have the hard drive where not, I'm not saying I did, but lots of kids in college hid their weed in there because it was like impossible <laughs> oh, to yeah. like think like, oh man, it's not kids going to open up a console, but even that had like a bunch of empty space in it. So like even comparatively, like it was kind of like three PlayStation twos. It was insane. I mean, yeah, elegance was not on the image board anywhere. I can no. tell you that. Like, it was like, there was no, like, little Liberace in a corner somewhere. Like, hey, maybe we should move it over <laughs> to the elegance a little bit. Was Duke was Nukem like, on the board? Like, I feel like Duke Nukem's a little bit of an inspiration for this <laughs> thing, too. Definitely. Well, I know they had, they had like, they had subwoofers and stereo components and things like that. So I, I think Jeez. Yeah, that's like, you know, a big Daewoo, like, uh, uh, <laughs> boom, boom box. Like, that kind of thing with, with all the it lights was, and stuff. It was American. It was like if you yes. were riding. It was American. American <laughs> yeah, it's like American muscle car as opposed to you know like a Japanese efficiency thing. It was like power is everything, and that's what that's what that console was, and that's actually why it was cool. That, that to its credit, did end up being 
the reason, the only reason to buy that system, the reason for that system to exist is if you wanted the, the best and the, you know, the most, the highest quality that you could get, but God damn, was it ugly. And then the the controller, (laughs) when they handed us the controller too, we like looked at each other and we were like, yeah, it seems, it seems big. Like, you know, at that time that was the, they immediately got defensive. Yeah. They, they what were, was yeah, their they, excuse for? Did they say like we, you know, we play tested this with you know tons of people exactly. and they all okay, really? Wow, well, okay, yeah, they were I very confident. I didn't detect any, and I mean maybe they just whatever we would have said, they were going to project absolute confidence. But like I remember almost thinking like, ah, is it is it just us? I mean we might have even talked about it, but it's like I is that the thing really really big? Like it felt really big and heavy. And it had that, that cheesy, you know, Xbox symbol on the top that looked like yes. something out of a, yeah. a gumball machine. And I remember we, we wanted to, to show full-size images of these in the issue. And we, uh, we I don't did. you know, we, had, we, did, we did show it, but it was very we difficult did. to get the dimensions. Because we had to right. follow up with them and be like, we need the dimensions because we want to show this actual size. <laughs> and they were reluctant. You can't be right. Sentences. We've done these numbers 20 times. Our, our <laughs> people are like, this can't possibly be this, this huge. The printer said this, this has got to be a mistake. You need that like never, ESPN, the magazine dimensions to fit that thing in there. <laughs> At least. Continued next issue. Xbox controller. <laughs> well, you always yeah, had we, like those fold out uh, posters and stuff like that. You could have done that too. We, we learned true. about the console full size too, but I couldn't. I don't remember if we. No, we, I, I think I think that. it is. I mean, at least it says it is. But we'd have to go back and hold it up against it. And, okay. And, well, and if not, if it's not, then we'll run a correction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be great. Um, well, okay. So you brought up the controller, and obviously, like this is something that was it was ridiculed a little bit at the time, but. You know, in their defense, there were some hardcore supporters of that thing. So much so, I th- uh, you know, one of those uh, third-party companies are actually bringing this controller back, like via yeah. USB for the Xbox One and for for PC. So clearly, people do. Uh, it, well, that was the other thing I was going to ask you. Do they have the name the Duke? Is that something that you guys got from them, or is that something that came out of just like people playing around with it? I that was not us. Then that was yeah. not. That wasn't that, that wasn't us, no. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 but I, you know, to towards the Duke, like I'm one of those people. I, I absolutely like that was the system that I that was the controller that I played Halo with mm-hmm. for you know many 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 hours. So that was the and I grew to very much love that controller to the point where. When the the Japanese the controller type S one that came over to America eventually came out, I could like I could tell that this is what I should like like this is objectively better and you know uh, actually takes into mind um, uh, ergonomics and those kind of silly things. But I, <laughs> I I my muscle memory was just so set by that point that I, I'm definitely a uh, a Duke defender. I don't think I could ever go back to it now, but at the time that was my, absolutely my controller choice. Would you guys be cool? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm just, it just one mark over. They were right after all. (laughs) Unless it's like a Stockholm syndrome. That's all you had. Duke. No, that's exactly what it was. It was unquestioningly. I mean, I even knew it at the time. I was like, well, this, 
if I was going to pick up these both, this would is by far the better controller now, the Type S. But this is the one that I'm now used to and really like. So Microsoft yeah. had made controllers for PC at the time, yeah. so they they should definitely have had lots of data and stuff. Yeah, then and those were, were popular okay. controllers. Yeah, they yeah. were not they were not bad. Well, let's uh, let's do this. If it's cool with you guys, why don't we take a a quick break? We'll put some more of that fantastic Xbox music in there, and let's uh, let's come back and just talk about you know when you guys ended up getting that final hardware, when you got those the the final code for those games, and talk about uh, some of the games that made the platform so great. So let's uh, let's do that, and we'll be right back. So let's talk about when you guys ended up finally getting that hardware in the offices. You got the final version of Halo. I'm guessing that's the thing that really was what was when I was talking with CJ and and Greg on a previous episode. Halo seemed to be the thing that was dominating the offices for you guys. Was that the case, Mark? Oh, yeah. Like, no question. Despite despite Bill Gates and his favorite game, Fusion Frenzy, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) and despite whatever the hell... Uh, Abe's uh, or uh, Abe's uh, Exodus, Abe's Odyssey. Munch, Abe's Odyssey. A munch, a munch was involved. Munch, munch yeah, there up. we go. <laughs> a munch was involved. Yeah, whatever the hell that thing ended up being. Um, <laughs> Halo was, I mean, wow. Like, and for me to say that too, because I was a snob. I, I Golden Eye. I still to this day, you know, turn my nose up at. Um, I was a big Quake guy. I'd, played PC games all through college. I thought I would never be playing a game without a mouse and keyboard, a first person game without a mouse and keyboard. And that game single-handedly, you know, won me over as it did so many people. Um, I, I'm sure Greg and, and CJ talked about it, but at the EGM offices too, you know, we were lucky enough to be playing. Uh, we had enough of the systems in the game and even before it came out to be like, regularly playing um land games mm. with with 16 people sometimes uh, we eventually hooked up i think the the four systems but we were using able to use the office network and um i mean it was unbelievable i still remember crispin getting pissed off one time and kicking a can of uh <laughs> of garbage like comically <laughs> at being sniped or something and we were in a room that was closed off you couldn't hear anything when you just see crispin come storming towards the game is still going on <laughs> and he you just see him come storming through and kick the garbage and this is on deadline so we just had dinner and it's probably <laughs> cpk mm. california pizza kitchen and like soy sauce just went everywhere <laughs> Yes, went splattered all over. That was impressed on CJ. That's they brought that up specifically oh, as well. Oh God! <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Well, it was Scarred one of them for life. Where were so you when it happened? When the soy sauce spilled? <laughs> oh, 
you know, I was super angry and then I kicked the trash and then I made a huge mess. And then of course I'm like, Oh gosh, now I got to clean this mess up. So I had to go get paper towels and (laughs) (laughs) my rage boner immediately melted. (laughs) Your your huge anger thing. Yeah. Yeah, man. Everybody was pretty good too. Like, I mean, it was, nobody felt left out. We could play games like capture the flag where Mm. people like CJ would just, would just camp and with a shotgun sit next to the flag. And, um, Oh, it was man, and and that games of uh, of oddball and stuff. It was uh, it was really something special. It was like this one game can actually potentially sell or like turn the turn the fortunes of this system. We kind of could see it. Like that's mm. really how good that game was. Unfortunately, it didn't seem to necessarily completely win at launch though because for for both you guys you ended up going with the gamecube and the xbox versus gamecube issue it must obviously had a little bit of a deeper lineup at at launch but uh xbox seems to have a yeah go ahead that was that was the deal though was the was the was the launch lineup and what should i get today yeah exactly and and i for a certain type of gamer it could go either way. And Dan Shu, our EIC at the time, changed his opinion at the last minute. I don't know if Greg and CJ talked about that, but no. uh, very controversial. He switched it from GameCube to Xbox. It was very close. I think we ended up going like, what, six and five, six to yeah, five. It was, yeah, it was, it was a lot. It came down to the wire, too. But you had, you had Pikmin uh there you had i mean luigi's mansion was star wars amazing but it was good Hmm. and um what else am i forgetting about the gamecube uh starting lineup i mean you you had on the horizon there was was, uh, like rogues rogue leader or or, rogue squadron 2 rogue squadron rogue squadron 2 yeah that was a big deal but um but yeah, I, I these 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 memories though. I can't let us skip past the the whole Seattle trip without um, asking Crispin to recount his, his story <laughs> about the Star Trek lady. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This, this, has this, to, is, a, this, this is the most important. Crispin. Don't let it die with us. <laughs> the story can't die with us. No, let's just go right to archive.org afterwards. So. Excellent. Yes. If something happens to me, tell this to your children and their children's <laughs> children. Um, yeah. So we were at, at Microsoft and the, the place is really like set up like a maze. It was, you know, it, no one really has cubicles there. Everyone's got offices. So we would just get it was shuttled. Horrible, I have to say as an office, it was completely terrible. This is why Bungie knocked down all the walls because it was just like a, so impersonal. It was a ton of tiny, like two man offices, like a mm. maze of two man offices. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I can't imagine a lot of workshopping going on between <laughs> the offices. But I forget where we were going. And there we, we were walking through one of the halls and a woman came out of an office. And I don't know what she was an engineer or, or what, what she did there. But she had on to me, it looked like she was wearing uh, a next generation Star Trek, next generation Starfleet officer outfit. Two-tone, like red and black number yeah. or something, I'm guessing. The red, which I believe is is command. Honey, what does the red mean in Star Trek? What's red? My oh, don't pretend trekkie. like you don't know. <laughs> don't pretend like you don't know. It's command. it's command. My wife says it's command. Yeah, I'm just getting. I want to confirm that it means you work. You're 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 in, in the command and science. Yes, 
So it was a and compliment so, in a way, Crispin, what you were about to say. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I saw her come out and I, 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 I elbowed Mark and I said, oh, look, Star Trek. Uh, or, I can't remember if I said Star Trek or Next Generation. I'm sure you said something more <laughs> more clever and smart <laughs> than that. But the gist of it was probably <laughs> this person looks like the first fucking walked out of yeah Star Trek. Yeah. But uh, she had at that point wandered into earshot. And that's when I realized that all, all it was was like she had like a, a sweater that just kind of had a, a, a red like Star Trek uniform look to it and just like black slacks. And then she looked at me with that look like she she knew I didn't work there and that maybe I, you know, I was part of some probably important media tour or something. So she couldn't really uh, say anything bad to me. She just kind of gave me this look like, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, then, and then we went our separate ways. So that's uh, – I mean I guess I can embellish the story, but uh, that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> then we were on our way to the airport and <laughs> someone was trying to run us off the road. Uh, <laughs> No, and yes, this, I, I just had to get that story down because I had actually forgotten that story, and Crispin and Crispin brought it up. But that's for some reason that's the thing I remember most because I was so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> like just to assume that someone like well, you know, who knows? People might wear their their uh, Star Trek uniforms to work. I've actually seen it happen in, in the documentary uh, Trekkies or Trekkers, whatever. There was some woman who who insisted everyone called her like Lieutenant Commander such and such. And she was like a postal worker and she wore her Star Trek outfit every day. So it's tr- it can happen. Don't you remember a <laughs> uh, friend of the show, John Ricciardi, who had oh, his uh, yes. Star Trek Star Trek shirt that, that he'd stop wearing immediately when people pointed out. No way. The least, well, he was the least, he, that guy's the least interested in Star Trek. He looks <laughs> down his nose at it. And then he wore the shirt for his photo shoot for, you know, the review crew where we'd each have our little heads next to our reviews. He wore the shirt. Holy shit. And then the art director actually photoshopped Spock ears <laughs> on him <laughs> and made him look like he was a huge and a little And a little Star Trek, like a little. Oh, yeah, a little badge. Greg, if yeah, you're listening, find this issue, take a picture of it on a better camera phone and send it over, please. Um, and well, that, there was like a Spanish Inquisition after that, too, because it was like. How did this 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 went in like before the plating or like how did this get in here without <laughs> there was a there was a very some very stern questions happened yes. after after that happened as serious I business um, yeah workplace harassment yeah HR <laughs> call them up um, well let's we're, we're kind of running out of time so the the last thing I want to hit on with both you guys is you know Crispin any any games that really stand out to you is like you know what you look back on and be like. Yeah, that was a hell of an experience on you know the original Xbox or just any special memories that you have. Well, I guess the game that stands out to me and not for a good reason is uh, it's called uh, Brute Force. Because yeah, of it course. was kind of it was kind of presented as like the next, you know, the Halo game, killer. It's the Halo killer. And, you know, it had like a four characters and, God and damn, you could play yeah. co-op four characters and there was like a lizard man and some woman who could turn invisible and stuff. And you know, we were skeptical, but we, we thought, okay, this is, and it was a, a first party game. And then it came out and it was such a huge disappointment. And I remember, I think, I'm pretty sure Mark, you, I don't think you had to review it, but you watched me play it quite a bit. And it had so many like laughably bad, uh, unintentionally hilarious moments of just like, you know, bad AI, bad enemy AI, weird things that would happen. And, and you know, I think the game ended up getting like, you know, low, uh, mid range, like five or sixes. That stood out to me because it was kind of like the big, yeah, the big Halo killer, and Microsoft was really hyping the, the crap out of it, and it just it just fizzled out to to nothing, and it was like so laughably bad. 
Uh, and then the only the thing that also stands out is some of the weirder features about the system they really try to sell on it. So it ended up being cool, but not the kind of thing you really every. It's like cool in concept, and that was to be able to record your own soundtracks for the games. Like right. you could burn a you could burn a CD, remember, and then just p- go to your own music, and that had like unintentional hilarious results because you could do like you know I don't know like the Jerky Boys. You could do anything. You could da- you could burn any CDs you wanted and make that a soundtrack. And like a, 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 that was one of their hard and fast development rules. That was like my favorite, one of my favorite things because the ESPN NFL 2K5, you can make like custom songs that would play after a field goal or after a touchdown and all this stuff. And like you said, you can make it like just weird Spice Girls bullshit that would happen after (laughs) a touchdown. It was awesome. Yeah. And that, and you know, and I, and they really were trying to sell that. I remember in, it's actually a quote in the story, Jay Allard, and this really dates it, dates the, the time and everything. He says, you'll be able to pop in your Blink 182, yeah. Jam 12 songs from the CD and then play it back in the game. I listened to Blink-182 yesterday. Still current. Oh. Spotify, thank you. No, well, you know, it, it, it pops up sometimes on those mixes. It happens. Yeah. I'm sure he brought up Tony Hawk somewhere in there, too. Like, that, that Tony Hawk is mentioned, like, 12 times in that oh, article. Yeah. Like, yeah. And now, no one was a bigger Tony Hawk fan than I was, so I was down down with mm. it. But um, you, the, it, real quick about the controller, the, the, the Duke was a terrible Tony Hawk controller. The PlayStation... Two controller, the you know the PlayStation form yeah. factor was was always the best. Like no one would, we would play Tony Hawk in the office like competitive, not well, not professionally, but we'd like we'd have you know two multiplayer games and stuff, and we would never want to play it on the the Xbox versions because the controller was just too unwieldy. Mm. Fair enough, fair enough. Mark, Mark, what are what are your favorite memories? Uh, Is Halo Two on Xbox Live? Is it something like uh something like that related? Because you're you're yeah. obviously a, a gigantic Halo fan. Yeah, no question. Like that, uh, Halo Two was ridiculous. Like uh, having that online. I mean, I was playing with the the, the tunnel service. The like excellent Kai man, GameSpy. Let's yeah. go. Back oh with, yeah, I played that with you. Yeah, with Halo <laughs> One. I remember playing that from your apartment sometimes. And I mean, that's how desperate we were to play uh, Halo all the time, but man, once Halo 2 launched and that matchmaking system, all that stuff, all the cool new things they did, that was amazing. I, I was actually thinking of um, Fantasy Star Online Episode 1 and 2, though. Um, it wasn't... I, I really loved it and gotten into it, but I got even heavier into it um, on the uh, on the Xbox because of... I think it was because of the voice chat, maybe? But um, and I had also just moved from San Francisco. My girlfriend still lived in Chicago at the time. I had a lot of free time. Um, but I, man, I loved that game, and I really—I mean, I again, I liked it, and I played it before. Um, but I let me really, just jump in. Let me jump in here and talk about how much Mark was into Fantasy Star Online, and this goes back to when it was on the Dreamcast, and we were in Chicago. There was a, a something happened with the power in your apartment <laughs> when you were in Chicago. Something yeah. with the breaker or something. Yeah. And he and he was so jonesing to play Fantasy Star Online that he found the one outlet in the apartment that still worked, which was his refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And I think you <laughs> unplugged your fridge, or maybe it had two outlets in it. But anyways, you dragged. No, you, okay, you unplugged your fridge. You dragged yeah. everything over to the fridge, all your Dreamcast, the <laughs> TV, and everything. Put in your power strip, and you sat there at, at like four in the morning on a Chicago winter night yeah. playing. Yeah. Fantasy Star Online, and I guess that's a good thing that um, this this system supported uh, dial-up <laughs> because you could plug the phone line didn't lose power, so you, you, right. mean you could plug yeah. in the phone line. That's how much you're you're into Fantasy Star 
and and yep. I remember remember that being like uh, such a hilarious story because I'm sure you were like freezing your ass off. Too. Would you put on like <laughs> oh, your outdoor it. clothes? Yeah, well, there was uh, that that apartment. Luckily, was radiator radiator. Oh, heat. okay. So That's you had everything I, you needed. Which I, <laughs> yeah, and I was a fucking single guy. I had like not too much <laughs> in the refrigerator. But but yeah, it was, and that was before the game came out. So I was only playing it with other oh, reviewers. Right. But it was such a amazing thing. Um, the uh, the last memory I wanted to mention was that um, uh, we can say this now in a, a an amazing show of uh, ethics. Microsoft <laughs> sent us a a what would you even call that thing? Uh, the, what what Seamus Blankley had, which was a self powered. I mean, it was a giant, like, longboard skateboard. Yeah, motorized. But it had a motor on it. And, and it was motorized. fast. Yeah. And it was really, it was, that thing had some fucking horsepower to it. It got uh, up to about 30 miles an hour. Yeah. yeah. I rode home sometimes. I just, I just <laughs> on it when my, when my car was in the shop. But it had, like, a like a nice RC car remote control, so you could be on it yourself and zoom around. And Crispin loved that thing more than anybody but um, this is maybe more an EGM memory than a um, than a um, Xbox specific memory. But we used to take that thing and write it and put on like a football helmet or just write it <laughs> into like set up chairs and ride that. Put well, person. Yeah, the, that. there was a there was some big like company meeting that there was going to be in the following morning. So the, the, that evening they set up all these chairs, <laughs> asking for it. So yeah, we decided that let's <laughs> let's put on a football helmet and take turns riding <laughs> on our belt on our stomachs on the skateboard and riding headfirst and see how many chairs Jesus we can knock Christ. But I I specifically my favorite part of the story is actually not that my favorite part <laughs> of the story is so you know HR finally said like you can't be I mean that thing like smashed holes in walls <laughs> so much dry so much gouged drywall yeah it because was I it was, was, Fucking a terrible like lawsuit, just waiting. Many lawsuits waiting to happen, and um, HR one day was like, "You guys, you can't be riding the automatic, the like self-powered skateboarding through the through the office anymore." And I remember being at Arby's and being like, with a, with a group of guys, and just being like, "What the fuck? This is such total bullshit! Mm. I can't believe." <laughs> We can't ride, and I was, and I was not like I was. I really believed it. And somebody, I think it was Shu, was like, you know, sometimes you have to just like take a step back and be like, look at what we're actually saying. <laughs> we're, we're complaining because they took away our like self-powered giant riding skateboard that we would just ride through the building, uh, smashing thirty miles an hour. Yeah, <laughs> thirty miles an hour, smashing holes in the walls and stuff like that. Like that's not that. You know that's that's not their bad, really. Mm. Um, but anyway, yeah. So that's that's my that's my fun Xbox era story, maybe. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, when just follow up on that and the ethics of it is, you know, that skateboard. Uh, a lot of people in the office would take it for rides, and someone I don't know who someone broke it. Like people would pile on it. They would definitely push it past its manufactured stuff, <laughs> and and it broke. And I was like devastated because that thing was so much fun. And then I very sheepishly. Wrote back to Seamus Blackley, who sent it to us and said, "Oh, oh, that's you know, the, do, you, do you happen to know where I could send this thing to get fixed? It, it just stopped working. Like, hopefully and he would just send another it, one. He would just like send another one, and then he did. I, know. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. The the balls on you, I, it's amazing, and it, it yeah, and it worked. 
Wait, which way did I go on the Xbox versus GameCube? And what game, time, you pick GameCube. Oh, okay. oh, good. Okay, so then my ethics are not compromised. Clear. Yeah. <laughs> Proof positive. Clear conscious on that. I saw that, and he's like, what the uh, fuck? I sent that guy two skateboards, and he's going to pick our system. What do I got to send him? Jesus. Um, well, that's a perfect place to, to end this. And again, um, you know, we will have one more part coming up with, I believe, uh, Ryan Payton in a, in a couple of weeks. And I think Greg's going to jump on that to talk about Panzer Dragoon Orta. But um, gentlemen, I want to thank you so much. This was great to kind of go back in time and, and talk with you about this. And thank you so much for for sharing your memories. And uh, before we go, Mark, I, I know, you know, if people are listening to this and they're going to hear it tomorrow from the time that we're recording, like they should probably go buy res on the PC, right? Oh yes, please. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm doing these days. If you're into the retro gaming, um, Res Infinite, it's been out on PS4, PlayStation VR. Now it's on PC. It supports Vive, Oculus. Uh, it's remastered. It's the best. Twenty percent off on Steam too. It's amazing. It is twenty percent off on Steam. It comes with a bunch of extra good shit. Um, yes, please buy it. Please tell a friend. Please, please love it. Please love it. <laughs> yeah, I picked up my copy. It's uh, again because I, you know, I didn't do the PSVR stuff just yet, but you know, for for PC only, that is uh, well worth the the twenty dollar entry fee to get that game in four K. It's kind of insane. Uh, nice. Runs fantastically well. Um, Thank you, Crispin. Has something to plug too? I think Crispin, can you talk yeah, about please. the game that we're working on? Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, if you have kids, I write. Um, I write books for National Geographic about all kinds of topics. Um, there's a, I write a book called Why that's full of uh, more than a thousand questions that kids like to ask, like why do men have nipples and stuff like that. Awesome. Uh, I have quite a, quite a few National Geographic kids books. You can find them on Amazon if you just look up my name, Crispin, Crispin Boyer. And uh, yeah, and They're for the legit, last... Legit good books too, people. I have, yeah, I have thanks. friends with no reason to lie who could swear by them. So I'll just throw that out there. And uh, now that you have a, a kid, you can. I uh, hope, hopefully, you're reading my my uh, book. I expect to, to, to get to the you. whole library delivered <laughs> any day now. It'll be a few years before she's ready, but uh, nope, but I definitely now. want to know why things are gross and um, you know where, where um, boogers come from. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Why why don't they make the whole airplane out of the black box? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all those good ones. I need, I need those answers. And, uh, and for the last year, I've been working as a writer on the South Park Fractured Butthole. Oh, fantastic. South Fractured Butthole video game that comes out in October. So that's been a, a really fun project. Fantastic. I mean, lots of stuff for you guys to go out and, and order, pre-order, buy, and maybe get in advance if you are thinking of having some kids or just, you know, you want some cool books to have around the house, put it on the coffee table and, and things like that. But Or the crapper. I think <laughs> we need to get like, you should really, so I think we should get back to having books and magazines next to the toilet because of all that poop that's going on our phone. <laughs> Cell phones kind of took care of that, didn't they? But the poop goes right to your face when you pick up your phone. Oh, that's a good point. So you're saying I shouldn't have like a little snack bar in there? Like yeah. A little coffee, coffee bar? You saying move the salad bar? Are you saying... <laughs> <laughs> it's convenience too. You know, we're trying to get more and more convenient as we move less and less in the world. So um, yeah, let, let, let's wrap it up there. Lots of great things for people to act on after this. And, um, you know, again, I will throw uh, all that information in the show notes as well. But uh, thank you so much for tuning in 
for this episode. Uh, again, we'll have one more episode to wrap it up. And then we also, in between that, we'll have Super Metroid that will be coming up in two weeks with Peter Brown and John Lenneman from Digital Foundry is on that as well. So you can check out that in a, in a couple weeks. So tune into that and we'll see you next Summer time. Of Summer of Xbox. Wrap it up. <laughs> Going to the beach right now with my Xbox. Here's... <laughs>